Hello, Logic friends. This episode of the Logic Podcast is brought to you by Cinesis.io. These guys have been my reseller for over 15 years, and we could not do what we do without them. They're fantastic partners, no matter what size your business. To find out more about their remote workflow solutions, check them out at Cinesis.io. The forum is open. If you haven't already signed up for forum.logic.tv, head on over there right now. We have almost 800 users, 65,000 page views a month. It really is becoming the place to go for all things flame and visual effects. That's forum.logic.tv. Hello, Logic friends. I just finished a fantastic Logic Live episode with Grant Kay from the Flame Learning Channel, and I wanted to release the audio of it as a podcast. You're going to love it. Grant is one of my favorite people in the world now, and I absolutely love him and you will love him too. Here's my chat with Grant. Hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome. See, Carrie Welton is in the, is in the house, as, uh, as my parents used to say when they were younger. That's wonderful. Christoph and Jeff is back. Mike Baglianti is here. Hello, Mike. How are ya? This is great. It's a freezing cold day here in New York. Bonjour, Manuel. My nose is here. Man, this is great. These things do bring out like all the finest people, I have to say. Jeff, how's the level today? Amen. I think, you know, it's 35 weeks in and I think, I think I may have figured it out, finally. Chili 68 in West LA. Thank you, Quinn. And Mike Landon is here. This is great. Hello, Edward. I mean, sorry, hello, Eduardo. Richard. Wait, is that Tim Farrell I see? Wonderful. Let's see what happens if we do this. Oh, just in time with the music ending. I really think, think, I think this is going to be a good show. I think I feel really good about this. Thank you, Quinn. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of Logic Live. My name's Andy. We are at uh, episode 35 uh, here where we're going to be interviewing the lovely and talented Grant Kay. Uh, but before we begin, uh, I have, thank you so much, Carrie. I actually, um, Classes ended for uh, one of my kids uh, for the semester, so I was able to take the ring light that we bought out of, uh, out of the basement and put it over there. So we got a little fill here, which is nice. You know, I feel I feel like I look almost as good as the puppet in the back. Um, but thank you, Carrie. Thank you for, for, for noticing that. Welcome, my friends, to Logic Live. Let's get underway. Uh, this is going to be a great show today. I had such a wonderful time doing a little pre-interview with Grant, and uh, I, I think he's just a wonderful guy, so I can't wait to to get this going. So let's get started. There's lots to talk about, lots of dissolves to do. Uh, first of all, this episode of Logic Live uh, is brought to you by Cynesis.io, solutions development, integration, and support, supporting Flame Artists since 1997. If you want more information about their remote workflow solutions, please check them out at Cynesis.io. You know what I'm going to try to do here? Wait a minute. Can I? Here we go. Look at that. A little picture-in-picture -picture action. Oh, man, I'm feeling really good today. 
I also wanted to let everybody know that today is the last day to take advantage of the Boris Effects Black Friday special. Um, I did, I did personally and professionally. Uh, they're uh, amazing discounts. Actually, I should probably move myself over here. Here we go. Up to fifty, up to fifty percent off all products, including the uh, amazing Boris Boris Effects Suite, which is um, everything that they sell. We had uh, uh, Dan and Ross on from uh, Boris last week to show off the new Mocha Pro, which was a fantastic episode. So. I highly recommend, guys, please, uh, the sale ends at midnight tonight, so if you do want to pick up any of their tools, go for it over at BorisFX.com. All right, let me put myself back over here, and let's talk forum, shall we? That would be the forum.logic.tv, uh, which is growing and growing and growing. I want to thank Randy again for everything he's done to get that going, to keep it going. We had a really good month in the last 30 days, and we now have over 800 users at the forum, 50,000 page views during a holiday month. And uh, 900, 934 new posts in the last month, which is pretty amazing, I have to say. So thank you, everybody, for, for signing up, for supporting uh, the forum, and for contributing and making it the vibrant place that it is. Got a big announcement, something really exciting uh, today that's being launched over uh, in conjunction with the forum. And that is something that is called the Logic.tv portal. It's an easy way to share and install Python scripts, matchbox shaders, and batch setups from our good friend Michael Vaglanti of PyFlame.com. I see Michael's here, and thank you very much, man. I know he's been working on this for a while, and uh, he's put together some amazing uh, Python scripts for Flame. I use them every day over at pyflame.com. Uh, let's see, there's uh, off the top of my head, multi-batch render, which lets you render multiple batch setups at the exact same, uh, you know, in, at once, which is uh, perfect when you're so busy that you have to schedule going to the bathroom. Um, then uh, there's, uh, let's see, there's, uh, oh, Slate Maker. Uh, which I use often, especially when uh, we were doing episodic work. Uh, there's the um, shot sheet creator. If you want to make an Excel sheet uh, that has like, you know, a, a one frame, like producers love that because you can easily make like an Excel sheet with shot breakdowns, but absolutely head over to pieflame.com and check out everything that Michael's done for the community, which is great. But I want to share my screen to show you something even more amazing. Uh, and that is this little portal here. So I have uh, gone ahead. Let me bring up flame here. I have flame installed. I'm sure most of you have heard of it. Um, da, 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 dee. Where is it? Hmm. There we go. All right. So I have flame installed here or flame up and running here. And once you install the script, uh, the, uh, the portal script, all you have to do is throw it into, uh, opt Autodesk shared Python, and the instructions are right there on PyFlame. You get a zip, you uninstall it, uh, you unzip it into that folder, and you're going to get here in the uh, start menu um, a little uh, uh, submenu called Logic, and here is Logic Portal. All right, you fire that bad boy up, and I hope everybody's seeing that. You should be. Everybody seeing that? Sometimes pop-up windows don't uh, don't show up on Zoom. We're good. Oh, thanks, Jeff. And so here there are three tabs, and here it shows you on the left like all the Python scripts you have installed. And then over here on the right are all the ones that are available up on the portal. And um, right now, I believe it's it's the ones that Michael has on uh, on uh, pyflame.com. So you can see here, if you wanted to uh, install any of his Python scripts, you can just select one of them, right? I might even have that one installed. But it shows you what version uh, uh, of the script they are. It shows you what version of Flame they run on. You click install, and it downloads the script and puts it in uh, Opt Autodesk Shared Python for you. And when you re, when you uh, cycle through your, uh, sorry, re-scan your Python hooks, right here, da da da. 
you should be able to see. Oh, I probably have to, you know what? I probably have to be in batch in order to show that. Yep. Da -da -da. Of course, I don't have any footage in here. Uh, let's see if I right click. Yeah, there we go. Add freeze frame mugs. Okay. Uh, and you can also delete them from here, which is wonderful. And if you have any Python scripts you'd like to submit, right, you can click submit and then go ahead and upload them to the form. Uh, the next tab over is Matchbox, which will allow you to install the Logic Matchboxes. Um, if you don't have them installed already, you just pick your install path, uh, set your install path here, press download, and you're good to go. And the same thing for batch setups. If anybody has a batch setup that they'd like to share, uh, in this case, like Michael has his uh, for um, using ST maps in action as UV maps to undistort and redistort footage, uh, you can go ahead and download them from here or submit them from here, uh, submit them from here uh, so that the community can share them. So it's a great way for us to have like one repository where you can always find some of these things. So I really want to thank Michael. Uh, I'm going to give him a round of applause here for uh, everything that he's done for the community. And uh, on a personal note, you know, he's been really, really great in helping me out with, uh, with Python whenever I hit, you know, one of my little, it's usually a syntax problem um, in trying to figure something out. So thank you so much, Michael. You are absolutely uh, a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful human being. Let's stop the share. And... Oops, back over here. Let's get on with the show. All right. I'm going to turn off the picture in picture. And uh, I'm going to ask our friend Grant Kay to join us. As everybody knows, Grant is the, uh, the, the heart and soul of the Flame Learning Channel. There he is. Hey, man. Hey, how you doing? Good, good, good. How are things hey, in the UK? It's freezing here as well, I'm afraid. It's cold. Oh, wonderful. Mm. Wonderful. <laughs> That's two things we share, including a common uh, a common language. So, um, I uh, I just oh I'm sorry. Before we dive right in, if anybody does have any questions for Grant, uh, please go ahead and put them in the chat. Make sure you have your chat set to panelists and attendees, or you can throw them in the Q and A panel, and uh, and we'll keep track of them. So uh, we all know and love Grant from his work with the Flame Learning Channel, and uh, for those of us who have uh, that's the sword of Damocles hanging over his head, actually. Uh, uh, which is the, <laughs> no, um, we all know and love Grant from Flame Learning Channel. And for those of us who are old enough, uh, 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 from the Smoke Learning Channel before that, Grant, how many videos have you uh, produced for the, the, the learning channels? Uh, well, uh, let's see. Um, off, off the top of my head, I would say probably for the Smoke Learning Channel, it was probably close to about 400 or just under 450 videos. And the Flame Learning Channel is now just under 500. So I'm hoping 2021, I'll, 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 I'll break the uh, 500 mark. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I, um, oh, you know what? There's a comment here from, from Chatty in the, in, the, uh, in, the, uh, in the chat. He's wondering if this is your real voice. Yes, it absolutely is. <laughs> Indeed. It's Indeed. just great. No, I, don't, I don't, yeah, I have, I have my, 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 my video voice and then I have my regular one. If they sound the same, I'm sorry, but this is this is what I have to live with myself. So, <laughs> <laughs> I just remember the first time. I mean, like the first time that I actually got to see you was when we did uh, we did one of these 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 Zoom chats. It must have been because, of, oh man, what was it? it was like maybe like the third or the fourth um, uh, one frame of white that we did. I, I figured, you know what, we need a celebrity announcer. I I'm just gonna out of totally at random here, you know, send a message to Grant, and he was like, yeah. Absolutely. Like he sent me back, you know, a recording um, like within an hour and it was just, uh, 
it's always been a great sport, you know, uh, to support the community. But um, I, I'd be curious to hear how you got started. You know, I mean, I, again, I know everybody has a journey. I, I imagine when you were, you know, five or six years old, you, 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 you know, you probably didn't ever dream that you would be, you know, working with the flame community. I'm sure there was some other, some other dream you had, but um, where are you from and, and how did you get here? Well, um, I mean, my, my, my background, I was, I was actually born in South Africa in, uh, in Johannesburg. And uh, I think, I think my dream when I was very, very young is right behind you. You can see old masters of the <laughs> universe. Uh, you know, I love the animation stuff. I really loved the 2d hand drawn stuff as a kid. And uh, yes, I was, I was addicted. Um, and uh the way my story actually started was was when I got to um, when I got to secondary school or what I called high school, and um, I was about 12, 12-ish back then. And uh, I noticed that these guys were running around with cameras, busy filming everybody. The old, the old VHS type cameras. Uh, and what they used to do is is they were going around my school, filming all the events that we did there, and and basically putting a package together and sending it out to the rest of the school every, every single term, every single semester. Um, and that, that just kind of got my attention more than playing sports or doing anything. And I just, I just got involved in that. And from there, you know, it was all tape-based. So I learned, obviously, how to operate cameras and everything. Then they had the old tape-based editing suite with the, the jog shuttles and the buttons. Obviously, uh, you know, the past few months, there's been a resurgence of the, the jog shuttle type thing from... Yeah, right. From, from, uh, from another product. As as things, you know, the world goes round in circles, so yep. <laughs> it's always always happening. Uh, so I got used. To, I got to working on that, and so I worked on various different shows for the school. As I said, we filmed concerts, sports. Uh, we also did candid camera stuff. So uh, you had a lot of times I was running around with camera, hiding behind a, a wall or something, filming us doing practical jokes and students and teachers. Got into loads of trouble the whole time. Good, 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 good. Uh, even in my old school, uh, and with, as we're talking a while ago, they were still caning, so I've caned a few times for that. But Oh, that's great. Yeah, it was great. That's I was wonderful. Really working on the discipline. But what actually, yeah. actually kick-started another part of it for me was when I was about 14, 14 15 years old, and I'd been working on these programs. Uh, we were lucky enough to have a producer come to the school to talk about her career. And at the same time, we were showing one of the programs to the rest of the school. Uh, and she saw the program and she wanted to know who worked on it. And they kind of pointed them in my direction, said, go here. And she said, you seem to have a knack for editing. Um, let's bring you into a studio and try you out. So she brought me in sat down and, you know, 14 years old kid in the TV studio with, you know, with all the different tapes, Beta Max, Beta SP, and, you know, starting cutting things together. And uh, what was scary to me is I did my first broadcast piece when I was about 15 years old. That's amazing. Uh, Do you remember what, like, what what it was specifically? Do you remember what it was for? Uh, it was for one of the local TV stations. It was a it was a small little religious piece. Um, and yeah, I mean, I can see Quinn said caning and child labour. It, it was a bit like child labour because I, I mean, I don't remember getting paid for that first job. <laughs> it was it's like a simpler oh, time, Quinn. You know, who who would Before love the internet? Actor? Who would love some guy who can actually put stuff together and you don't have to pay him very much? Exactly. It's an absolute labor of love. So, so that's how it happened. But it was also a case where now I was in a situation where I was going to school and then I had this producer calling on me to cut various inserts and, and do work with her. Um, 
And then that also then led on uh, to me being introduced into one of the most exciting times in production history, which was the introduction of nonlinear, uh, all the nonlinear suites and everything. So I got put in front of uh, an avid 9000 series editor and, you know, to render a dissolve would take a, an hour, two hours or so. You had to literally sit down and wait for these drives to chug away. It was it was hilarious, but it, it, it beat having seen that massive suite. We had five or six VTRs busy playing tapes away. So really nothing more exciting than that anticipation in like one of those multi-tape editing rooms where like, you know, you hit the space bar or whatever it was to execute your like dissolve. And then you kind of sit back, you know, and watch everything like rewind and sync up and then hope it starts to play at the same time. You know, uh, but you only had sound. one chance. If you yeah. messed up and you went back to change things, you didn't have to go back and redo all of it again. Yeah. I used to sit there with the log lists as well, you know, in and out time codes and sit there reading while I was busy punching it into a calculator. So <laughs> went through all that. Um, but as I said, you know, on the, on the linear side, on the non-linear side of things, I said, jumped on the Avid system. Um, I worked on that for a while. I can't say it was my favorite tool to use, but then uh, one of the tools I got put in front of, uh, was a Cytex Turbo Cube. Oh my God. Which, uh, oh you know. Oh my God. It's like, there's, some, long, there's a, a term I haven't heard in decades, a Turbo Cube. Oh my God. The old, the old, the old Turbo Cube, which was kind of, it was, it was real time standard def, but we still had to sit there loading all the tapes in and then cutting on that. And, uh, you know, that, 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 was, that was quite amazing. And this was, as I said, this was all happening while I was still going through school. So I was working and doing stuff. I was learning a lot of the industry. Um, and then after that, um, I kind of get to that point where we get to the end of, you know, final year of high school. And my father says to me, right, uh, you know, I'd like you, I'd like you to think about going into doing actuarial science and accountancy and all that. And you, you'll do well. You'll do well. You're good at accounts. You're good at maths. And I was like, nah, nah, I want to, I want to go. I want to go into the industry. I want to do stuff. And he's, his best advice to me is, well, you can go do whatever you want, but you got to have something behind your name to fall back on. So I said, okay, that's great. So I, uh, my first tryout, shall we say, <laughs> is I applied with a showreel to the Pretoria Technicon where they were doing a film course. It was a very prestigious, internationally recognized film course uh, where they were doing everything in 35 mil. And I got in, there was like, Three, four hundred applicants, then you took 20 people, and I was lucky enough to, to get a place based on the showreel and everything, the interview. My biggest problem with that is it was just completely in another language. It was all in Afrikaans, which is pretty much only speaking and spoken in South Africa. And uh, I couldn't make heads or tails of any of the technical language. So I spent two weeks desperately, desperately trying to kind of figure out how to string sentences together that I could actually enjoy and understand the classes and everything. So I kind of realized, you know, I'm, I'm very good with creative stuff, with computers, wonderful, great languages. No, it's not, it's not, it's not my thing. So I decided, I, I said, look, I've got to find another route. So I stopped that course and uh, the professor at that university said to me, you know, he says, well, it's such a shame you're leaving. They kind of give you that story. And then his last words were, you know, his last words to me were, I'll see your name on TV. You know, good luck. Great. You know, one of the, one of the many people who will try their best. 
Anyway, I got onto another degree course, a three-year degree in media studies, where we did uh, pretty much every specialization, TV, radio, public relations, marketing, and 3D animation as well. Uh, and that's where I also got introduced to 3D Studio DOS. Wow. Uh, which then obviously became 3D Studio Max, 3D Studio Max 1. And I was working on that. And at that time, I was still, I was still working. I was still editing. And um, while I was working through then, I started working at a company called The Digital Cut. And they were great because there was three of us. It was a brand new company starting out. One was a very well-known producer in South Africa. The other one was a, was a great film editor. And then there was me who got put in front of a machine, a system, which he said, you've got to learn how to operate this because we want to get everyone and anyone in. And the machine he put me in front of was a system known as the Division Online Suite. Uh-huh. Okay. The yeah. <laughs> The Division, take form here. <laughs> yeah, the Division Online Suite was uh, owned by a little company called, uh, I think it was, was it, was it Discrete Logic? I think it might be Discrete Logic. I can't remember okay. exactly. Could have been Discrete Logic. Them. Yeah, famous little company. And so I started working on that. And, and one thing that happened, which was really interesting, um, is that as I was doing all this nonlinear work, um, and I was, I was now onlining stuff and editing as well as grading and a little bit of compositing at the time, um, at the university where they were teaching us, I found that they were a year or two years behind what people were doing. They were still teaching people tape editing and everything. And I started arguing with the university professors, kind of going, look, this is not what I'm doing. Let me show you. And I showed them and, and so on and so forth. And, and this went on while I finished the course there. Um, I specialized in 3D animation, which was great. So I just kept on building that. And I learned Photoshop and I've learned a lot of other things. Um, and then I finished with honours, and when I completed, they then offered me a job as a lecturer because <laughs> they said, you seem to know what you're doing, you seem to know that, so can you come teach them all about nonlinear editing? And I was like, no, I want to I I make stuff. I want to uh, work on the programs and the films. So I went, went back to the company I was working with, went full-time, and then they were making me work on everything you can possibly imagine. So I was working on commercials, serials. I worked on some, you know, low-budget uh, action films, type Chuck Norrissey type films, lots of blowing up. But I learned all about key code. I learned all about how to, how to work with film and all that. And, um, you know, it was, it, it, was quite, it was quite a crazy time because I started also working on current affairs programs. So I was working seven days a week, close, sometimes close to 20-hour days. So I personally think I did my time in the suites. Uh, but then also <laughs> they used to say to me, right, well, we're, we're, we're pitching for a new program. Um, can you throw an opening together, throw some graphic things? So, okay, fine. And they put me in front of a program known as After Effects. Uh, you know, it was just bought by Adobe. It wasn't owned by Macro. I think it was owned by Macromedia before him, but I'm not too sure Cosa. about it. It was Cosa After Effects. It was I remember Cosa that. After Effects. Thank you. memory. Yeah, mine, mine's going back then. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so, yeah, so I started throwing things together and, and, and kind of really ran with it, ran with the editing, the compositing, the 3D animation stuff I did with them, and no, it was it was it was a really great time, but it was it was exhausting. I know what people go through, and I was you know some of the current affairs stuff would be shot during the week from Monday to Friday. It'd be in the offline edit on Saturday, Sunday morning. I'd be in the suite. I'd be start onlining the inserts that are coming through. By midday, we'd send the drafts of those onlines through to the final mix. So they started doing all their mixing. I carried on, and um, you know. 
on occasion, what would happen is the broadcast would be at seven o'clock. I'd have the first half an hour of the program out and that would be going out while I'd still be finishing off the second half. And then <laughs> 15 minutes to spare, I'd run across the road holding a beta KMSP tape, trying not to get hit by traffic and running into the MCR, slamming the tape in and telling them, right, queue it up for 10 hours and then standing in the room behind the, the, the vision mixers and the producers, there's a queue things up and it all just went out on air seamlessly. And you kind of get home, your heart's kind of going like this. Oh my God. Um, so yeah, it, it was, it was a great time. And I worked on stuff, you know, for all over the place. I did stuff for Africa, you know, some of the, some of the stuff I worked on went on PBS, uh, some, a lot, lot of South African content went out on, on PBS, which, which I was doing. And it, it was an amazing time. Um, and then I landed up afterwards working. I did a bit of work for the reseller there. Mm-hmm. And I landed up getting bits of swag. So, for example, oh. check this out. The old wow. discreet logic vision. Wow, man. If that, if that, if that is, you know, remembered by anybody. Uh, uh, and I, and, that and shirt I could talk. Yeah, oh, <laughs> I haven't worn it in a while. I don't want it to talk. It's been sitting in the garage. <laughs> um you know, so I started doing presentations and that's the first time I started meeting people from Discrete or Discrete Logic, which would eventually become Autodesk. And, um, you know, I did a couple bit of work for them. And then the product then changed. It changed its face when it got properly, accust- uh, you know, uh, it got properly bought out by Discrete Logic. And that then became, I'm sorry, it's like very nostalgia. You got good old oh, yes. edit. It's like, came Picasso. It. it's like they, they went through a blue period. You know? They went through, they went through a very blue period. Um, <laughs> so did the, I. Yeah, but the the reseller they had me demoing and I and I was doing what I usually used to do. Um, but I mean, one great story. And, and uh, I mean, we spoke about this in the, the pre interview. But one really really great story I'd love to talk about is is the time that they uh, they sent me to Mozambique. And uh, <laughs> see, Valentine worked on edit. It was a very fast, really cool tool. Um, so they sent me to Mozambique where they um, it was, I believe was the only edit that they had sold into Maputo and they needed obviously the, the Portuguese editors needed training. So they said, we'll pay and for we, you. And we just right. heard about your, your, uh, your love of languages and yes. So, so they said, fine. So they sent me off and uh, I got collected at the airport by, by an amazing guy named Sol. And he decided to give me a tour of the city before he took me to where their studios were. And he drove me around and there were potholes all over the road. There were houses burnt out. I mean, it was quite, the city had been very, very ravaged from their independence uh, from the Portuguese. Obviously the Portuguese left and then they had the, the local Mozambicans. But he was driving me around and we eventually stopped at his studio. And it's this old abandoned, it was an old abandoned cinema that they had taken over. So he takes me inside, says, right, he says, let me just take you to the cinema. And so sometimes on the weekend, we show movies for people, not very much money. It's great. People get a little bit of a, a break from, from the hardships of the life in the city. But we come in there and we have a look and it's great. But he says, but the rest of the time, it's home to the bats. And there were loads and loads of bats oh my God. lying around this theater. <laughs> I was like, okay, I said, this is going to be very interesting. He says, okay, fine. He says, right. He says, the officers are upstairs. Let's go. We'll go to the projection room and then I'll take you to the suite where we'll talk to the editors and get you started. Fine. So he takes me upstairs. The officers looked absolutely normal. Shows me the projection room, introduces me to people. And he says, right. So now I'm going to take you to the edit suite. Now, the problem we have, you have to be, understand, is we didn't have room for it, but we needed it. Okay. So what we did with the edit suite 
is we put it in the toilet. Yes. <laughs> and he took me into the loo and you had the cubicles on one side and then you had a table with the edit suite and three very large Portuguese gentlemen kind of sitting around the table going, hi. So <laughs> for a week, I sat in a toilet Three Portuguese gentlemen, how to edit. Uh, they were doing nature videos and, and you know, it was, it was a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of um, stuff, uh, awareness videos for nature, but it was in the loo. Um, and uh, it, it was crazy. It was, it was, it was a mad time, but they were, they were amazing people. And, and after the four days of <laughs> training, they took me to the most beautiful white sandy beach I've ever seen in my life. And they gave me a wonderful, uh, a wonderful seafood meal but that was that was an, an eye-opening experience to say the least that you know you you can cut anywhere and this is before laptop editing so it was a full-on workstation with own set of drives and i can't remember if it was matrox or target target true vision cards i don't know but it, it it was a it was quite it was quite mad back then you know most of the stories that begin with a nice guy named saul picked me up at the airport and end with like three large gentlemen in the in the loo for a week don't you know? Don't have uh, that kind of magical storybook ending that uh, that you just shared with us. Whoa! Oh it's, my God! It's it's not you know people come <laughs> you know, come up with these ideas of lock, stock, and two smoking barrels or or, or <laughs> match. And I'm like, he's gonna have a gun to his head. No, no, no. It, it was fine. Not as not as bad. Not as bad. But um, <laughs> so I, I, Michael I, in the chat was just like, it's someone's always missing a kidney. Yes, that's right. Yeah, no, they did. They one of them did try to marry me off to his daughter at the time, but I kind of said oh, I was. Oh well, that's beautiful. It was they, they were lovely. As I said they, they, they couldn't have done anything wrong. It's like but the earliest form of like the subscription contract, you know, for maintenance. <laughs> you will look after you, but you have the the yeah, so Louis, the yes, small. This is how you always get support: is you, you <laughs> end up marrying the training guy to your daughter. Yeah, yeah. Then then, then we have a permanent editor working there, so uh, <laughs> that's all great. Anyway, so how did I get to London? Now that, that, that's a fun one because in 90, it was 99, 99, I just decided I want to try and see what I could do elsewhere because I'd done what I wanted in South Africa, was doing the top reality, the top current affairs programs. So I quit my job, uh, jumped on a plane and came to London and I went around my showreel. I went all over to the different post houses in Soho, um, but I landed up at a, a facility that had edit systems and I was cutting stuff for the BBC, for Channel 4, lots of corporate work for all the banks and stuff. And it was an okay time, but I wasn't happy with it. I was kind of not sure whether I liked being there or not. Um, and by about seven months in, I got a call from a gentleman. Um, his name is Steve Hollyhead. Uh, he used to work for Autodesk. Uh, I believe he now works for AJA. And he said to me he was moving to the States. And he said, there's an opening. Would you like to come have a look? There's loads of people applying. And they knew me from the South African reseller. So I went there. I uh, did a whole presentation, you know, trying to show them how the software works, talking through them. I thought it was the worst performance I'd ever done. Uh, they said it was pretty okay. <laughs> and then I didn't hear from them uh, for about two months. And I thought, okay, fine. I missed the opportunity. At least I tried. But then they called me back and said, come in, we'll talk to you. They spoke to me. They said to me, okay, well, there's a lot of people, but you seem to be very good. We like the way you present. Um, there'll be a little bit of traveling, just, just a tiny bit of traveling. But we, want you to, we want you to sell the edit system to our customers. Uh, are you happy? And I said, okay, we'll try something different. So I signed the line. And the next thing I knew, um, 
I was June 2000, I was on a plane flying left, right and center all over the place. Uh, and they, um, yeah, I was away for, I was averaging three weeks out of each month. I was in a different country. So I, I wrapped up a lot of air miles. It was, it was quite exhausting. So uh, yeah, it was, it, it, it was, it was crazy time. But I also did get, and these are, you don't get these anymore, but there's the oh. obligatory, discreet, yes. hard cards, the killer cards. Yes. So these are great oh, throwing have... people that annoy you or scraping ice off your windscreen or, you know, <laughs> you know looking at the sunlight during an eclipse. You know, yep. they, <laughs> we had all those, we had all those crazy things. Um, so, so yeah, that, that's what kickstarted the career. Um, and then, I just kind of went through different stages within the company. I knew about flame and I knew about smoke. And I always, once I got in, even though I wasn't doing those products, I got on them and I was playing with them. I was trying to understand um, because my, my first experience with the flame system wasn't a pleasant one. It, it, it wasn't because when I was working in South Africa, I was working on lots of things. And one of the things my boss was able to bring into the, the, the facility was he, he brought in a, a very well-known burger brand and he said, yeah, the producers all came in. They're like, right, we're going to do that. You know, Burger Brand with the clown. I'll leave it at that. And uh, he said, you know, can you do the graphics? Can you do this? And I, and I built all of that. And it looked amazing. It looked like it was, it was finished. You know, you know, you expect compositing, grading, color, you know, whatever. It's all done. And then at the very end of this job, the producer turned around and said to me, right, we now have to go do it in a flame. And I'm like, and I was sitting there going, why do you have to do it in a flame? It's finished. No, 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 no. Everything has to go through flame because flame in the nineties, as we knew was you finished every commercial in flame. It's flame. Great. Needless to say, the commercial went, it's finished in flame. I saw it on TV. Um, artistic opinion. I hated it. I preferred my book, <laughs> but it went through flame and it went through flame. So that, that was my first experiences with flame. Um, so yeah. So coming back to that, I was working on edit. Um, mm -hmm. and uh, discrete, a division of Autodesk by that time, uh, they then decided to wind down the edit product, which is fine. Uh, they then called me and said to me, um, by any chance, we're working on this new product that's known as combustion. Do you know anything about combustion? And I was like, well, yeah. Um, I used to work on a product known as Paint and Effect by, by Denim Software. Uh, and that's how combustion came about. And I said, okay, fine. Well, you can do combustion. So that's where they kind of got thrown right into the heavy bit of compositing. I was working on that at the same time. Here you go. Here's another bit of nostalgia. Wow. Real, real old discreet shirt like that. Wow, man. Just for the record, I do not wear these all the time. Absolutely do. <laughs> um, and I started working on that. And then they handed me another product known as cleaner which uh, was oh special. Oh my God, I remember cleaners. Oh so, man, it's like a trip down memory lane. Yeah, so, so that's where I learned about all the, 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 the compression formats and how it all works and all the underlying stuff, which um, it kind of just kept broadening and broadening the knowledge, but I was going out there. And what was great during this, that period initially was I was meeting all the great people doing all this amazing work. And, you know, people, people working on all different shows and, you know, it, it kind of got to a point where I was seeing people who would be working on small productions, commercials, going all the way up to feature films and, you know, the knowledge 
to me, the knowledge is just, it's unlimited and you never stop learning. And I still today, I'm still learning personally myself by, by speaking to people. It's just crazy what you learn out there. So yeah, I was doing that. And then they said, well, you're doing well on combustion, you're doing well on cleaner. Um, would you like to take a look at the, at they call them the advanced products, the advanced system products back then? I said, yes, I'll give it a go. Well, they said, right, well, here's a product called Smoke, works on the giant SBI, S, oh, SGI computers. Uh, would you like to have a go? If you learn it in four weeks, we'll get you demoing that. I learned Smoke in one week, and then I was out there demoing in week two. Um, I'm just, I do blowing my own horn a little bit here. I do have a knack for learning applications incredibly, incredibly fast. So I was able to learn smoke and get up. And at the same time I was learning flame and we're going out doing more presentations and everything. Um, and I'm just trying to think, stop me at any point you want to ask a question, Andy, because <laughs> I can, um, and I have a bet going on with a couple of people to see how long I could get you to go without me interrupting for a question, but no, go ahead, please. <laughs> um, you know, obviously, obviously the, 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 um, you know, they started changing, you know, the world started changing, SGI started winding down and mm -hmm. we started looking at platforms. So we moved Flint onto Linux, uh, then eventually flame. And then obviously we then started looking, um, at smoke on the Mac back in, I think it was, it was 2011 because smoke was 2012 when it came out on the Mac because the version is one year ahead. And uh, one great story I can tell you, what's really good is, is this t-shirt. This is the one I really like this one. So this was the t-shirt that I was wearing uh, when we launched smoke at NAB. Uh, I was uh, there. I remember yeah. that. That was uh, what's his face was uh, up on stage. Um, he directed gravity. Yeah, Afonso Carrera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they dragged me backstage to say hello to him, which I didn't know what to say to him. I was like, hi, how you doing? Great. You know, you're an Oscar director. Wonderful. <laughs> nice to meet you. It was right, right chat. But the one thing that they did to us, and obviously this was a marketing decision. Mm -hmm. So um, they made us wear these T-shirts, which is great. The only problem I had is that on the back of the T-shirt, you had the smoke QR code. And obviously that led people to go look at the branding. It was great. It was a great thing. Great idea. Cause QR codes were the big thing actually back then. It was one of the times I came out and like scanned them. The problem was, is that I'm on there busy showing people smoke and I get, you know, during a trade show NAB, you could be talking to thousands of people. So you're on a stage, you present to people, but then you get the pods and you're showing people how smoke works in the pods. You can be a bit more interactive, but every five seconds, I would feel a heat on the back of my neck because someone will walk up and start taking <laughs> pictures with their cell phone, their mobile phones on my back every single time they wanted to know more about smoke. So you're walking and every single time you walk, just kind of like, oh my God, because people's just taking photos of your back the whole time. <laughs> I think I had more, more photographs were taken of the back of my head than they were, than, they, than they're actually looking at me just because of the, the, the QR code. <laughs> the QR code. That's a, that's a great, great, great memory. It's great. That's amazing. Um, oh my God. It's amazing. It was, it was, it was really crazy time, but it kind of, this all actually kind of kickstarted the videos because what happened is, you know, just before the launch of smoke on Mac, I was asked, can you please uh, buy one of them? Can you please do just a couple of videos, put them on, it was the Autodesk area put them on the Autodesk area and see what happens. 
So I made a couple of videos, put them up there, and uh, you know they were getting a lot of attention and people were liking them. Um, it was very clear back then that there wasn't very much flame training material or smoke material for that fact, because flame and smoke at the time were always seen as this um, you know, closed off club. And a lot of people who wanted to learn flame back then, you know, they had to join a facility as a runner, they'd have to do a lot of work, they'd see this mystical product flame or smoke being worked. And then to get on those machines, they'd usually have to get on them at like two, three in the morning to have a couple of pra hours practice and then do that. So it was very different. There wasn't very much training. And but, it was only $100,000 to add a flame license to your smoke. I, I, yeah. I remember convincing ownership at one place I worked at to do that once, just yeah. once. Yeah, there were, there were a couple of training schools, I remember. There were a couple of training schools. There weren't very many because obviously it was quite cost prohibitive at the time. So uh, obviously that's changed now, but it was still it was still a bit of an issue back then. So I made a couple of videos and I posted them and I didn't do much than that, more than that. And it started getting traction. And I was told, you know, even though you are still doing presentations on stage and stuff, please, can you carry on making more videos? So I carried on doing that. Um, and as the videos got more popular, <laughs> the, the first thing that happened is I got a call from Autodesk Branding and they said to me, right, you know, we can see you're doing some stuff. We're very happy what you're doing, but can you please just tone down the graphics? <laughs> because what <laughs> I had done is the videos I'd made, I had made some pulsating nodes and some really weird animated graphics and... So really, you know, if you dig deep enough, you'll find them on YouTube. And uh, I was told, you know, you are representative of Autodesk. I completely understand. No problems there. Can you please fall in line? <laughs> so, yeah, sure. Fell in line. Um, and then at that point, um, I was actually getting tired of traveling because I'd been traveling for about 10 years. And I, went, <laughs> I had kids. I decided little kids, I want to see my kids grow up like we all do. And so um, I found a position in training and it was training for flame. And uh, I got in that position. I was working in a team. We did certifications. We did all the flame training that was uh, being built up. Slowly more and more stuff was going out onto the web. Uh, and then later on, another decision was taken, obviously, because resources had to be reappropriated uh, and however they work in the company. And I was just told, right, you now got to push ahead. The smoke learning channel is going well. We need to push ahead with the flame learning channel. And we would like this to become full-time. And that's pretty much what kick-started it off and for the video side. And then as I've been going, uh, you know, I've had to make changes and improvements along the way. So, you know, first video, I was winging it. I sit there going, hi, everybody. You know, I'm like kid in my bedroom. I'm going to tell you all about smoke and we're going to do this and... You know, it, I was talking very fast, uh, which I was used to doing from trade shows. So I could cram a half, an hour demo into half an hour, but I could talk incredibly fast. Like the, um, there's a guy I've seen on the web. He could, he, he was the, the speed talker. The micro machines guy. I was talking flame speed like that. <laughs> uh, you know, I had to, I had to slow down a bit. Um, you know, obviously with demo, demos demo, it's kind of like the, the, the baking of the cake. I'm going to stir the mixture in and then, hey, everyone, here's what I made earlier. You know, you can't do that with training because training, you've got to, you know, can't cut corners. You've got to explain yourself so people can understand and follow along. So that was a big change. 
But they, um, one of the things that was said to me when I first joined Autodesk, uh, and it was a different era, different time, is I was told that um, I had to go for loads and loads and loads of presentation classes because they wanted to change the way I spoke. I didn't have oh, a very lovely. strong South African accent. I, I, it wasn't that bad, but they wanted me, they wanted me to, to sound better. So I, I did loads of presentation courses and annunciation courses. So I've got, a, I've got a very mashed up accent, what's left of it. Um, and then they said, right, we want you to please go ahead and, uh, you know, we want you to learn how to present properly. We want you to do proper voiceover. Yeah, no, presentation classes, totally brutal. And what, what I did is I found this actor um, and it was amazing guy. And for three days, he brought all these scripts from all the car commercials he had worked on and all these other stuff. And he put me in front of a camera and he then taught me how to speak, taught me how to present. Uh, we went through all these scripting techniques of how you should be announcing things. So if you've got one sentence, you can say it in 50 different ways to evoke multiple different emotions. So it was a, you know, I, I, I didn't know any of this. So <laughs> kind of having to learn how to act and do those things. And, and, and the, the whole purpose of this, at the end of the day, you know, I don't have, we don't have a, um, a special, uh, a university that's specifically dedicated like some other sites, you know, pay sites and everything. So we're going out on YouTube. So it's one of the ways that we have to kind of give it a bit more polish than people just kind of winging it on flame or any software. So that was the whole point of what they did. So yeah, I learned a lot about elocution and enunciation and uh, yeah, inflection. Thank you, Quinn. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, we did all that. And, and that kind of got written in. It all got written into the way the, way the videos then got done. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's pretty much just carried on. Things obviously always change within a corporation. They, they adjust and they change according to the situation. Obviously now with the, the, the year that we've all had, um, but yeah, I mean, at, at the moment, it's uh, it's going very well, and uh, I'm 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 obviously I'm making videos for the Flame Learning Channel, but I also do a lot of other stuff as well within within the company uh, to help other people out, whatever I can do. But uh, it's 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 great. I, I enjoy I enjoy doing it. That's great, man. Let's take a look. Uh, you know, funny when you mentioned uh, the Smoke Learning Channel, I totally after I you know moved on the well. I had a brief run in with smoke. Uh, I was working for a place that was, that was quickly going out of business and uh, I was courted by another company and they were like, we'd love to hire you. Do you know smoke? And I immediately said, of course, yes, absolutely. I do. I'd, I'd never seen the product, you know? So my first day, which was client supervised was horrible. Um, but after that, things got slowly better. Uh, but you know, when we talked the other day and you brought up the smoke learning channel, I was like, you know, let's head over to YouTube because there is a smoke learning channel here. And what's really great, this is a button I've never used before in YouTube. You can sort by uh, oldest. So <laughs> I was able to find here from nine years ago, uh, according to YouTube anyway, your first smoke Session learning we're channel. Going to be let's having... listen to that elocution. Hi, everyone. In today's session, we're going to be having a look at how we can use the painting tools to fix so a frame that may have had some damage occur to it yeah. in any of its processes. For example, maybe capturing off tape you have a dropout, 
perhaps you have some corruption from rendering in CG, or perhaps something Definitely went an wrong on cursor. set and you need to paint yeah. out an I object. I haven't heard the word drop out in a very long time. The material time. that we're using is stop. <laughs> right. That gave it away, right? That totally yeah. gave it away. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know if that would, would be accepted in these modern times. You know, I have to be, you have to be very careful what you say now because you don't want don't to offend anybody. You've got to be careful. Exactly. That's a bit, that's a bit harsh, but. <laughs> but I was. Um, you know, I, I have to say one of the things for me that's always been most recognizable from the Flame Learning Channel videos has been the music, all right? The music is great. And there was one year uh, where I was at NAB, I was in a cab with John Ashby on our way to somewhere. And like the music was playing, like the, the whatever year it was. Um, I wanted to just share a couple of my favorites, like greatest hits. Uh, I don't know if you have a favorite. We can, you know, I'd certainly love to hear. Uh, yeah. Hold on. I'm going to screw this up in a horrible way. <laughs> Hold on for one sec. And of course, if anybody does have any uh, any questions for Grant, please throw them in the chat. Uh... There were some. There were some. There were some pumping tunes. There were some jazzy ones. There's 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 been quite a few of them. <laughs> There was, whoops. Was this one? I love this one. Hey everyone, Grand K for the Flame Learning Channel. <laughs> right? And then I think we went, then transitioned to more muted it's the same music but just a bit more muted that sounds like a note from corporate hi everyone grant for the flame learning okay hold on wait <laughs> hi everyone and i have to tell you something man the capsules and i want to talk about the capsules for a second mm -hmm. i have uh, my favorite part of them is the music this is my favorite. I was just trying to figure. I was just trying to figure out because obviously, with the cap, the capsules are are a different beast altogether to the regular videos. Because obviously, the capsules you don't hear anybody talking. Mm -hmm. uh, so I had to I had to find some way of uh, trying to make it interesting, and uh, that that's kind of what I came up with. It's just oh, they're great, man. Jazzy yeah. tunes to do that. What everybody should see also is, is is Grant sent me a picture of the setup, right? This is uh this is where the magic happens, right? Can you just describe what you have in terms of a setup for making the videos? Yeah, so uh, I have I have I have Flame running on a Z8, so I've got a Z8. Uh, it's my it's my glorified heater under my desk uh, that's pumping flame. I use screen capture software on the flame itself to do stuff. And then I've, I use typically for, for the flame videos that I make, I use ScreenFlow, and that's how I'm able to do all the zooming in, zooming out. Um, like my Yeti there for the voiceovers and doing all the different things. And yes, I, I, I love my Wacom. <laughs> so doing stuff like that, but um, this, that's the latest setup that I'm working. And obviously that's what I have in front of me here. What people don't know is when I first started doing them, um, I did a lot of recording at home because uh, I do a lot of work from from here, and initially when I was doing the videos, um, I had to I did, I couldn't get quiet. 
in the house that we were living in back then. And uh, in order for me to do the voiceovers, the, the quietest place I found in my old house was, was, was the cupboard under the stairs. Oh, the Harry Potter suite. Yeah, so a lot, a lot of the, a lot of the uh, early recordings were, were, were done just above a, 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 a washing machine, obviously off. But uh, the only time I really lost my lost my rag was when people running up and down the stairs behind me, and I could just hear the dud 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 going on going there. <laughs> so, um, so, so that's how it is. Um, and that's great. And yeah, now, like how many videos would you say? Or actually, let me ask this this question differently. So we have the training videos, we have the capsule videos. Um, how many? How much of the content that you make is like? pre-planned, meaning like, you know, there's a release coming, you know, there are new features and things like that. And how mm -hmm. much of it is a response from like community feedback and things like that? Well, it's, it, it, it does vary. I mean, initially when I first started doing the videos, a lot of it was community feedback and community response uh, because we didn't have the videos that people want to know. For example, our arguments say people want to know how to key, how to paint out something, how to do a 3d track and that. So I gradually built up those videos and you know, that was, I'd say, 75% of the time I was doing those and then 25 was doing new features. But since there's so many videos now on the channel that cover a wide range of topics, it just kind of, it kind of affords me to change things up a bit. There's still feature request videos, which I try and do. But a lot of the time, uh, you know, the, the, the Flame team kind of asked me, look, we need you to do new feature videos. Uh, the Flame documentation is absolutely fine. But the way for most of us being creative people, we kind of use our eyes. And if we can see something happening in front of us, that is kind of more of a more of a, a, a more natural way in which we learn. And that's why we, uh, you know, push ahead with, you know, a lot of the features. I will decide, OK, you need to have a video for this. But there's some features, for example, I'm not going to make a video on importing codecs, uh, you know, unless there's something that's wow. Uh, the rest of the time, <laughs> I'm like showing you this is how it works. This is how you can do stuff. And, you know, I try when I can. If, if the topic requires me going into some advanced aspect of it's fine. But most of the time, people just want to be able to. How does it work in Flame? Once they've been kind of given the guidelines and the grounding of how to do it, then you can run in any direction because that's how that's the beauty of flame it's the you know to tool to tool to do anything in any in any aspect you like so i just kind of give plant the seeds as it were and then people then can kind of run with that and that that's kind of the approach i've i've usually taken with with making any videos that we do yeah, um, the, uh, how you've taken some of the more complex things and broken them up into like multi-part uh, uh tutorials i know like yeah. I, I only recently started using like the selective workflow and things like that and and by accident. I mean, I, I tried something small. It exploded into something big because I was on a live session with clients and uh, I was able to dive in and kind of just go element by element by element uh, in the Flame Learning Channel videos to figure out what it is I needed. Same thing with the machine learning stuff when that first came out. Yeah. And I motion think vectors as well. You know, these are all complicated things that there'd be an hour long video if you wanted to, you know, have it all in there. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think, I mean, I don't, I don't have a problem with buying training where you'll sit for 20 hour training course, which is fine. But to be honest with you, a lot of people have an issue with having time. And also a lot of the time, a lot of people, if you're on the job, you need to know something. Um, I just found that if you get smaller bite size informations, then, uh, you know, bite size chunks, you can just assimilate that part. You just want to watch that little bit. You watch that little bit, you're done. You don't need to know what every single button does. 
And you don't need to know about every complex workflow. You just need to know what you need to do the job done there, then and there. Um, and, you know, I've been watching. I do, I do watch a lot of other products. I watch a lot of other videos. Uh, and, and, you know, everyone has their own different take, but I kind of find that a lot of people, if they just want to have that little bite-sized bit of information, like the capsules, for example, people assimilate that they remember that quicker than having to sit 15 minutes through a video trying to find where they are. So mm -hmm. YouTube now has chapter points. That's great, wonderful, do all that, and it's fine. So it's all good. Um, Paul said, how many, how many takes do you take to do each video? Well, it's, it's kind of the video side of it, the screen capture, that's really easy because I, I can usually do that in one take. So I usually record the voice first and then I do the video So uh, to get the timings right. The voice, uh, that takes a lot of takes. Uh, there's a lot of swearing that gets cut out, especially because <laughs> my tongue, uh, you know, as, as much as it sounds perfect for each one, um, I do trip a lot when I'm speaking and a lot of tongue twisters and trying to, you know, you want to talk about, you know, Dolby, Dolby Vision and, and trims and, you know, Rec 709 scene linear. You can already hear I'm stumbling a bit. You know, I've got to stop, retake and, and then tweak the audio. Plane in Spain falls mainly in the plane. Yeah, yeah a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of exercise stretch them out, me, my, mo, my. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I guess, you know, going from, going from someone who was an editor to onlining to compositing graphics, moving into sales, then into training, and now almost being a YouTuber, <laughs> you know, for Autodesk and doing all these things. It's, it's crazy. It's, 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 it's great. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I do two things. I just want to say, obviously the first thing is, you know, I would not be able to do this without the flame team behind me. Amazing bunch of guys, absolute, absolute geniuses. Um, really, really, really good. Um, and then obviously the flame people who use flame incredible talents you know it's it's i mean i as i said i'm still learning stuff and to answer um your question over there um at the moment you know smoke is still selling products as far as i'm aware but at the moment there's no requests for me doing videos on that all the stuff's on the flame learning channel at the moment so that's 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 all i can say about that question for you from the q a panel jeff was wondering uh, what are some of your other hats at autodesk aside from the tutorial videos <laughs> Uh, oh, my hats. I would say, you know, I do, I do dip in and out of things for people. So, you know, there, there's actually a team of people I work with. There, there's guys who do Maya videos, Max videos and that. So we, we, we all work on the videos, but we also sometimes get requested to help doing video production for other stuff. So I do a lot of video production. I've helped with uh, marketing. Uh, there's a guy called Ken LaRue. Sometimes I help him out. He helps me out. Um, I've done stuff for design, you know, manufacturing and design and, you know, stuff that I, I, I know nothing about. I don't know anything about architecture, but sometimes they're kind of like, oh, can you help us out with this video? Um, so I'm doing, as I said, it, there's a lot of things in the background. And then in terms of what else I do in Flame, well, I don't make the decisions. That's down to Will and the product management team for Flame. But the one thing I do kind of push in on the side is I'm a, I'm a massive pro usability person. So I have loads of conversations with Fred uh, and Stefan and Will, and I'm always approaching every feature in Flame from a usability standpoint. So how can, how can we make Flame better? What can we change in Flame? Not, I can't obviously influence massive changes, but you know, if some button should work slightly differently as a default, maybe that will be better. They don't have to, they don't have to accept my opinion. <laughs> because I don't make the decisions, but 
um, you know, I do, I do try and say, look, you know, why do I need to make a video that's 10 minutes long when I can make a video that's 30 seconds long if you make this one change? It's, it's, it's that type of thing. So I'm trying to think as a user because one of my main functions is when you look at these videos, I'm translating what the dev team do into something that an artist or a creative would do. Mm -hmm. uh, it's that. And then how do I, Tim want to know, how do, I, how do I handle remote working? Well, to be honest with you, I've been working from home for about five years. So I'm kind of used to working from home. I think the big difference for me was having the family home. So quite often I'd be on a Zoom meeting where my kids were running the room, screaming and shouting, and all you just see is hair everywhere. <laughs> or, or, or yelling, please, can you take the laundry out during your lunch break? Or, you know, it's uh, everyone's still, you know, got to do, you got to sometimes do family stuff. So it's, I'd say better time management, but it's, it's not easy. But um, thankfully, thankfully, I've been I've been blessed that uh, that uh, I've been able to carry on and keep doing what I do. Mm -hmm. That's great, man. That's wonderful. And I, I mean, they, even like the, the capsule that you posted this week, how to open a project with the libraries closed was just like, you know, like the, the fans went wild. You know what I mean? Like, it seems like such a little thing, but these are all like just quality of life, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, whatever, whatever. Yeah, little big things, as Quinn put in there, it's perfect. The yeah, whatever whatever, the, whatever the team can do to make people's lives easier for Flame, because we we know the pressures people work under. We're very aware that nothing's ever perfect. And, you know, we're always working to make it better. And, you know, we always tell people, and I'm on the forums the whole time. And as I said, none of us, it's not, we don't actually have to be on the forums or on Logic or anywhere. We, we choose it because we love Flame. We love the community. Um, and the, I mean, the big thing is we tell people all the time, keep telling them, please make sure you, you know, you log your stuff in flame feedback, if it's a request or log it with support, because those are the only ways we fix it. Um, or we can implement it. Uh, so yeah, it's, 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 it's a fine, it's a fine balancing act, but as I said, you know, everyone on the flame team has an absolute love for it, including myself and, uh, you know, to work with such amazing people and see the stuff that people make and flame. It just totally, some stuff just blows my mind. It's just absolutely incredible. And I'm only happy to be able to help people and help them learn because that's, uh, I found it's, uh, I'm, 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 I think I'm, I think I'm okay doing that. So if people <laughs> like, I'll, I'll carry on doing it. But yeah, no, I don't, I just, I just don't talk. Welcome to the flame learning channel. I don't talk like that all the time. <laughs> I think it would drive my wife mad. It would absolutely, she'll, she'll kill me if I would do that. So no, <laughs> just regularly relax me. That's great, man. I mean, look, I mean, if you just, even if you just glance in the chat here, I mean, this is uh, the, the appreciation for all that you do is, uh, is kind of universal, you know? So thank you so much, Grant, for everything. Thank you. Um, if anybody has any other questions for Grant, go ahead and throw them in the chat. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, and give away a couple of prizes. Hold on for one sec. Let me do this and then this and this. I believe they call this dead air. Oh, there we go. Okay. That's better. All right. Let's see. It's prize time here at Logic Live. I have a couple things to give away. All right. The first is I have a Logic phone charger, courtesy of our friends at Cinesis. Let's see who we can give that away to. Right. I'm going to bring up here this amazing, 
Take money from somebody, uh, get a square. Alright, here we go. It's my favorite part of the show. Manuel! Congratulations, my friend! Alright. Congrats! I will reach out to you after the show and get your name and get your uh, your mailing address. All right, next up, I have a couple of, uh, of beautiful and stylish uh, Logic Live masks here to give away. All right, stay safe and stay fashionable with a Logic Live mask, courtesy of our friends at Tennyson. All right, here we go. Yuri, are you still here? Oh, he was here earlier, I think. All right. One more time. Here we go. Edward! Eduardo, I'm sorry. I spelled your name wrong. There we go. Congratulations, man. Wonderful. Uh, Michael, that would be uh, tic-tac-toe. Thank you very much. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, oh, right. I've, got, I've got something I, I would I would love to give away, but no, it's it's uh, <laughs> one of these. Oh, my have... God. Yeah. Oh, this, my God. This one over here, they were giving away one year. I can't remember what year it was, but inside here you have smoke paper and <laughs> fire lighter, fire zippo. Oh, one, that's fantastic. One of the many bits of stuff I've collected over the years. Nope. Crazy. You reminded me. I have here... Uh, whatever year it was smoke on the Tezro. Can you remember the Tezro? Yes, I do. You know, um, I, I, I was, I was uh, on the beta team that year and uh, they sent as a thank you to everybody. I don't know how well you can even see this. I'll try it. Right. A discrete beta. This would be that one of the big features was it was a, a 10, a 10 bit dual driver. Like they had turned on the ability to, you know, record two 10 bit streams. And so they were giving away here uh, a little like screwdriver set, right? And it tells you here that there's a little label. I'll never be able to zoom in, but this one says discrete driver and this where all the bits are, it says here's dual 10 bits. And it is, it comes with 20 pieces. So, oh, this also like your shirts have just been in my garage for <laughs> For, for 20 years or something. <laughs> oh my goodness. I think there was one more question uh, that came in while we were doing prizes and it was, um, it says here, yeah, from Chadi. Uh, it says there was, a, there was this hint to download all the learning videos for Smoke and Flame from a podcast manager. That was an amazing tip. Uh, this is for those who want to have all the videos in one take. Oh, that wasn't a question. He was just letting us know. Yeah, because the, 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 all the all the videos, uh, with the exception of the capsules, all the videos are actually, uh, they're also on iTunes. So mm -hmm. people can download them. Uh, and all of them are captioned. That's the one thing a lot of people don't know. So Because obviously a lot of the stuff I do, it's not just for English-speaking people. Uh, it's for all languages. So people would, you know, access the captions and then translate them through an auto-translator so that they can read them. So... Um, yeah, uh, we're trying to give them as many as many avenues as possible. 
But uh, I have, I said, I've, I've, I've looked at so many different platforms, even, even the kids' platforms like Twitch and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I'm always looking to see how I can make things better. But it's, a, it's quite a long process building a video to take into completion. So it's a lot of effort. That's awesome. Grant, thank you very much, man. You're very welcome. Thank you to everybody. Oh, hold on. Oh, there you go. Even from Eduardo there. He said he's mainly learned flame via the, the learning channel. So thank you so much, Grant. No, thank you. Oh, that's great, man. That's great. All right. Let's go ahead and, uh, and finish this out for today. Let's queue up the correct slide. There we go. Coming up on Logic Live. All right. Next week, we have Tips and Shtick with Tim Farrell, ladies and gentlemen. I know I'm very excited for this. I'm sure you all are very excited for this. Uh, the man, the myth, the legend. Tim Farrell is going to be joining us. I'm sure you're looking forward to it. I'm sure you have a great hour planned. Yes, we'll be, it'll be improv and, uh, and fixing um, noisy edges with Tim and Andy. Um, let me know if you need anything from me. Thoughts and prayers, I think will work fine, Tim. Um, and then following that on the 20th, we're going to do uh, our first annual Logic Live holiday celebration. If anybody tuned in for uh, our little summer party, we're gonna, it's going to be like that. It's going to be a meeting format instead of uh, like webinar formats. We'll be able to bring everybody on that wants to come on. And uh, we'll go into breakout rooms. There'll be some stuff to give away. It's just going to be a nice little social way, a social event, and a, a great way to say thank you to everybody for, um, for this year. You know, this would be nothing without you guys. Uh, again, please, if you haven't signed up for the forum already, uh, head on over to forum.logic.tv and uh, be sure to uh, grab Michael's um, uh, portal, the Logic TV portal on there, and uh, and give any feedback that you have. Uh, we'd like to make that you know as great as it can be. This episode of Logic Live, just like all the others, are going to be on Logic.tv a little later today, as well as some other great Flame content. Uh, I want to thank everybody for all the great feedback about my Logic podcast episode this week with Balali Mac. If you haven't checked it out yet, please do. Uh, go ahead and you can subscribe to uh, the Logic podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify, uh, or your podcatching app of choice. And this episode is uh, oh, if you haven't uh, subscribed to our YouTube, to our U. See, Grant, this is where the voice and speech stuff comes in handy, right? If you haven't already subscribed to our YouTube channel, <laughs> please do. Um, and again, for our friends at Boris FX, if you haven't taken advantage of the amazing Black Friday discounts, please uh, do it by midnight tonight. Uh, these guys are wonderful. I thank them for always supporting not just Logic Live, but the One Frame of Whites and, uh, and uh, all the, the live events that we've done in the past. And look forward to doing it in the future. And thank you, of course, as always, to Cynesis for sponsoring Logic Live. That's going to do it for this week, everybody. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful week. Happy Hanukkah, everybody, who celebrates. And I will see you all next week. Thanks. This episode of the Logic Podcast is brought to you by Cynesis.io. To find out more about their remote workflow solutions, check them out at Cynesis.io. See you next time.